1: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me
2: every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
0: the Jacksonville Jaguars took a major step forward in 2022 getting hot making the playoffs and somehow winning that playoff game How is the roster set up for 2023 around Trevor Lawrence? It's Jaguars day and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day
0: what's better than this it's guys being dudes here on the lockdown nfl scouting podcast we're the draft dudes i'm joe marino with lockdown bills he's kyle crabs from lockdown dolphins and we are your nfl experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the lockdown nfl scouting podcast with the draft dudes part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode,
2: we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy National Dude Study Trevor Lawrence Day to you. I actually kind of like making the days up as we go
1: Mm. now yeah,
2: and having it be like somewhat relevant, tied in, and then seeing if there's a way that we can make it not related to the relevant national day that I'm making up on the spot with our banter in the pre-show or if we just jump right in. It's in your hands, man. You can, you could take it where you want to take it. So, well, I've let's get in because I, I think segment three is going to be really interesting for us because we have three names to come to a consensus to that um, are big names are big names. Yes. So, We'll we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. 2023 Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a playoff team. Won the AFC South. Won a playoff game in the wild card round. Showcased themselves relatively well. I mean, they had a chance to win that game in the divisional round. Guess against KC. the eventual Super, yeah. B- Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And well, there were probably three plays in the last 20 minutes of that game. That if they break the other way, Jacksonville wins a football game. So offensively. Dougie P, Year 2, Trevor Lawrence, Elevated Play. Their lottery ticket for Calvin Ridley is going to cash out this year. We're going to find out what it is. But they acquired Calvin Ridley in the midst of knowing that that would be a long-term play for them. Uh, The lottery ticket that they took out on Evan Ingram cashed out quite well last year. Um, That's probably the place that I'd like to start is kind of the ceiling of this skill group. Is pretty interesting. I don't know that it's a a loaded group, but you think about what it was last year and players that elevated their play under Peterson and what that can continue to look like. I think that's that's pretty exciting for me to think about for Trevor Lawrence.
0: That's a great way to put it. Players that elevated their play under Peterson in their first season with him, like Christian Kirk, like Evan Ingram. Of course, you know Trevor Lawrence. We we expected that, but you know I think Dougie P probably helped with it. Uh, Travis Etienne he was injured as a rookie came in and was very productive as a runner and a receiver um, and so I think he did do a uh, Zay Jones my goodness how do I yeah. overlook that name I mean he, he got the best football of Zay Jones career out of him after you know kind of taking a step with Vegas his final year there but a bumpy start and so Dougie P's ability to elevate the skill players um, has me really excited for Calvin Ridley being part of this mix I don't think they have a lot of depth I think that they, you know, their 11 personnel is what Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, right? Like that's your, your 11 personnel group. I get nervous about any injuries there, but if those guys are healthy,
2: there's a nice group of weapons around Trevor Lawrence as he enters year three. Well, in counterpoint, you're probably gonna see more 12 with where they drafted Bretton Strange.
0: Yeah. Second round pick,
2: right. And, And obviously Doug Peterson and in Philadelphia, what he did with the multiple tight end sets there too, the track record, it's pretty established that I think we're going to run or want, want to run 12, especially when one of the 12 is Evan Ingram, who you can put in the slot. So I think if if Brenton Strange can come in as a second round pick and make adequate level contributions to this offense as the second tight end and potentially the inline player, or if you want to go Luke, L- low ceiling Luke Farrell on running downs, I think, is a fine blocker, right? It's right. It's just it's a player that you're probably not going to have a hard time finding a profile elsewhere to get the same caliber of contributions, particularly in the passing game and as a receiver. But I think Strange gives you an upside swing when you go twelve. Uh, Farrell gives you a fairly high floor as a blocker, even if he's not going to really move the needle for you in any capacity as a receiver. Um, I agree with the lack of depth. I'm interested in what this running back room. Is going to look like how how heavy are we going to lean on the running backs? How big of a movable piece can Travis Etienne be now? As a player who obviously has evolved into a more pass-catching player throughout the course of his career, going all the way back to early Clemson when he, he had the yips trying to catch the ball, right? And now all of a sudden this is a player who who's has some movability and can be an offensive weapon. And if they're going to put the ball in tank Bigsby's hands 125 times this season, 150 times this season, okay, does that open you up to Travis Etienne moving around? And does that buy you more scheme flexibility? I think you need to with with that. You
0: know, I think Travis Etienne, like you mentioned, the pass catching profile is really expanded and you know, a dynamic runner outside the tackles, right? Not necessarily the best between the tackles runner. And I think the arrival of Tank Bigsby was necessary because I think they needed that type of back to go with ETN, but um, you know just having those complementary skill sets so I think Bigsby might have a, a fairly big role here for this team um, out of necessity um, and allowing ETN to be the best version of himself right you want to use him where he can produce the most and, and I think having Bigsby in the fray now allows that to happen
2: um, how about up front questions I got questions Kyle and, so, and I <laughs> so do I where do you well, want to start?
0: I think Jaguars fans are going to be a little defensive over this because they're going to tell you that four of the five starters from last year are all back, right? And, and but okay, let me tell you the questions that I have at left tackle. Cam Robinson is suspended, right? And I think he's um, probably an adequate starter, right? I don't think he's a plus starter, and, and certainly I think they're paying him a lot of money to be an, an adequate starter.
2: Which is fine. Uh, you don't. Right? You don't like. You don't let starting offensive lineman walk out the door. No, right? you they, don't. They made the decision to. To, to double down on, on Cam Robinson, and that's fine. You know, that that's business and life of doing offensive tackle contracts when you have a starting caliber player who's young, and you know if he hit the open market, I guarantee you would have got more than what he got. Case in yeah. point, look at what Juwan Taylor got.
0: So now you're looking at your your first-round rookie, Anton Harrison, to potentially start there at left tackle. Yep. Uh, T- Tyler Shatley's had a great career. Like, good on you, Tyler. But I think he's a, a low-floor type player that – He's like 32 years old right now at left guard. I'm not sure there's much ceiling there. Luke
2: Fortner was okay as a so rookie, right? There, there is zero ceiling with Tyler Shally. Okay, well that's there. Like ben bart got to win that job. He, they, the Jaguars fans
0: should be hoping for it because I think there's ben, more Ben Bart's got to win that, that job. Luke Fortner looked okay as a as a rookie, right? Up like and you're down, hopeful there. Yeah, but Brandon Scherf's hopeful. expensive has been injured, and I, I think he played the worst football of his career last year. And at right tackle, you have a question there in Walker Little, who was injured a ton in college, and there's not that big of a sample size for him in the NFL right now as he, st- as he takes over presumably as a full-time right tackle. So I just feel like across the board there's, there's questions with this offensive line, and I, I wish it had a little bit more of a, a better feel, a better makeup
2: in front of Trevor Lawrence in his third season. Do you think this is something that – I guess this is where I struggle – Is there an upgrade opportunity out here that you would jump at? Yeah, I'd sign Dalton Risner. I mean, Dalton on this line might end up being your third best offensive lineman. Right. You could sign him right now. Yeah. So, I, I agree with you. Uh, obviously, the hope is that Doug Peterson and, and the scheme – and trevor's football iq based on the growth that we saw in the second half of last season can kind of make sure you're in the right kinds of plays um kind of do the work at the line of scrimmage to protect yourself and and identify pressure situations and i think trevor's shown a lot of good growth in that regard and we'll talk about trevor in segment three because we need to come to consensus on him but there's uh There's some questions up front, and the pressure is going to be on the offensive line to mitigate it. Because you think about some of these teams that you're going to play, specifically in this division, with the DeForest Buckners and the Jeffrey Simmonses of the world, and those guys can really stress this interior three for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it is going to be big on on Doug Peterson to help here. Um, You know they've they they've had to i think use their resources in other spots and that's that's created some some challenges for this this offensive line um but I, it's not the worst offensive line in the NFL like like I don't want I don't want to like overstate this by any means I just
2: wish it was better there's just questions you obviously have a high priced Offensive tackle who's suspended and going to miss time. You have a second year starting center. Brandon Scherf, what's the regression look like there? Walker Little, now presumably your right time full tackle. He hasn't lived in that role before. Like, this player's into new spots, I think, is probably the best way to, to describe it. I think there's a, a fairly high um, floor with the sturdiness of some of the players, but the ceiling is, is the question. All right. Well, you're probably
0: wondering our thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. We're going to get to them. We're going to save the Trevor Lawrence conversation here for just a, a little bit. Uh, but first, we need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's so much you can get in on, of course, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, the Major League Baseball season, and, if, and the uh, the NFL futures bets are available as well. So there's no better place to bet on all the action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner
1: of the NBA. This on podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Defensively, this unit, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited
2: about. I think there's young players in big spots. Some of the players that even we didn't grade as incomplete evals, but like Andre Sisco, right? How high can the, can that that one go as far as continuing to evolve? We, we both graded him right now as an adequate level starter, but is there more to tap into? I think having Andrew Wingard as the other safety that's now in a definitive depth role and Antonio Johnson should continue to make sure that that remains a depth role, I, I think is going to be helpful as well. I know he's been a productive player, but it feels like he's been a productive player because somebody needed to step in as compared to him excelling in any particular kind of role. And then in front of it, obviously you have second-year players in Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma as incomplete evaluations, and there were some splash plays for both of those guys. There were some inconsistencies, and then uh, Foyer as, as kind of the the anchor of that linebacker room. I like a lot of what we have up the middle of this defense. Devon Hamilton, big-time house, right? Foley, Fatukasi, Robertson, Harris, Gatsis, even his quality depth. The linebackers up the middle with uh, Ola Kuhn, Muma, and Devin Lloyd. And then Cisco, Rayshon Jenkins, Antonio Johnson at rookie. I think that's the thing that stood out to me was the spine of this defense. Everything up the middle, there's a lot that I'm excited about about what that's going to continue to look like.
0: Yeah and I think I think it'll be even better this year and there's plenty of upward mobility. You mentioned Andre Cisco and Devin Lloyd yeah. and you know he started so good. Those the two of those first three games were so good and then you know I think it was a bit of a of an up and down rest of the way for him but I think that was offset because Foye Olakun I think really kind of emerged as the season moved along as well. And so stability there from both players uh, as they enter their second season together should be really good and like you mentioned there's a lot of talent in front of them, that's going to allow them to to run free and play fast. How about on
2: the outside? How about Tyson Campbell? Yeah, he put it all together quick, didn't oh, he? Oh man, yes, he did.
0: I mean, we knew he had all the tools in the world. It was like the thirty third pick in the draft, length, athleticism, but the way that the ball production developed, um, being able to find the ball and play it with more consistency than we saw at Georgia. Uh, coverage instincts, it, it all really happened quick for him, and, and that's exciting. And, you know, I think Darius Williams provides them with a steady hand opposite. You know, I'm a little concerned about the slot. I think I think there's an opportunity to upgrade, but they can also get a little bit versatile here with, you know, using Antonio Johnson, who they drafted, or, you know, uh, use, using him as kind of a big nickel as, as well, and then, you know, tapping into still having Cisco and Jenkins on the back end. So they can be versatile in that slot, although I think that's a little bit of their weakness when it comes to the
2: secondary. Yeah, you feel like the, the defense over the middle of the field in the intermediate area, hook curl and middle of the field, those guys are going to have to develop, and that includes Antonio Johnson. But Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, Antonio Johnson, if those guys are playing meaningful snaps, how they play against the pass I think is going to determine the ceiling of the defense.
0: Well, and the edge rush is going to be critical here, too. We know what Josh Allen is. He's, he's a really dynamic edge rusher. But Trayvon Walker, the you know the number one pick, taking a step in year two, I think it's going to be really important as well to have a complementary player. I, I, I don't know that there's enough depth here with this edge rush. I mean, you're maybe hoping for Jordan Smith to take a big step forward. You know, they, they drafted Yassir Abdullah. Caleb on chase on, is it ever going to happen? I think they need a little bit more with this pass rush. Um, and and obviously, if Trayvon Walker can really take a step, that would that would uh, make us feel a lot better about what they have
2: in addition to Josh Allen. So let's let's talk about. It's not the elephant in the room, but it is the thing that that makes evaluating this team a unique experience. Is we always talk about how the quickest pathway to the postseason in the NFL is what? Winning your division. So let's talk about how this team is bred. To compete with the teams in the AFC South. Because I think the AFC South is a little bit of, I don't want to say an outlier, but it does, the strengths of the teams right now are a little unique versus the trends across the rest of the league. How do you negotiate how this team is built to contend with that? They're two years ahead of all of them. But they can also match strength for strength, I think. We, well, what, what is what is the angle in your mind right there? Well, Tennessee, what? They're going to run the ball, right? Yeah. So we said, okay, your nickel defender and your edge rushers from on, path, on depth in your pass rush is your big question if you're Jacksonville defensively. Okay, so you should be able to line up and go against Tennessee... And stop the run and have success. I think Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. Now, obviously, there's going to be a new layer there, but that hasn't, we haven't seen any of that yet. And even with Anthony Richardson at quarterback, I think about players like Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker from a size and length perspective. They're the kinds of athletes that you know, this isn't a 225 pound speed rusher that's going to be trying to get them on the ground, right? These guys have, have wingspan. So, I think the strength of what Jacksonville is in the box and up the middle of the defense lends itself very well to them negating the things or competing against the things that both of the other two teams that we are expecting are going to be competitive this year in the AFC South, with Houston obviously having so many young players, they're probably another year away, um, competing with and negating some of the things that their opponents do best in the division. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, they they maybe won't be able to affect opposing quarterbacks to that
0: degree, but that's okay. And they can stop the run, and so they can probably force you to to lean on your quarterback that might not be quite ready to uh, to win football games, especially compared to what you have now with Trevor Lawrence and what he proved in in him entering his third season. I think I think Jacksonville should. It's never easy, right? It's never a guarantee, but I think they they very. Firmly should win this division and host another playoff game, at least one health, health willing, health willing. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the overarching concern with this football team is I don't I don't really like the idea of them having injuries. You know, I I don't know that there's enough established depth here that uh, makes me feel good
2: about that. So I I think if they can stay healthy, they're going to be in good shape. Right. And we'll 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 switch gears and come to consensus here. But just to kind of finalize that thought. This goes beyond just well if Trevor Lawrence misses any significant amount of time too, right? Like obviously if you're you're highly concerned about what it's going to look like if C.J. Beathard or Nathan Rourke has to take snaps. Right. But even if even with the selection of Tank Bigsby in the third round, I think if you lose E.T.N., I think that will pose some challenges because of what we've already talked about about what E.T.N. can continue to become for this offense. If you lose Evan Ingram for an extended period of time. I'm worried about what the domino effect is for playing 11 personnel and being able to space and stretch the field with both vertical and horizontal stretch. You lose Kirk. you know, For all all the flack that the Christian Kirk contract got, you lose Christian Kirk for an extended period of time, we got to see it from Calvin Ridley. And there's a reason why we haven't mentioned that name yet either, except for the very top of the show, because we have to come to consensus on what to, to bucket him as. So ironically enough, those are the three guys that Joe (laughs) sit down and come to consensus here on is Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, and, and Trevor Lawrence here to close on today's show.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
2: I'm gonna pull the depth chart up, and uh, Joe, where
0: do you want to start, Trevor? Yeah, I'm sure people are surprised we haven't really gotten into Trevor Lawrence to this point, but he we got to come to consensus. And again, if you're if you're new to the series here, we've we've evaluated all the players on your roster, studied them, and we put them into different buckets. And there's an index on the screen uh, for those of you listening. It's roster cornerstone, quality starter, rookie adequate starter, replacement level, quality depth, non-roster caliber, incomplete eval, or practice squad developmental player. And so Kyle and I did this independently, and we agreed on every player except for three, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Calvin Ridley. And today, right now, we are going to come to consensus
2: on those three players. Okay. So Trevor Lawrence. Was there a better embodiment of his entire season than the wild card game against the Chargers?
0: I mean, that's tough. He had some significant misfortune
2: in the first half of that game. I understand, but through what, four picks? (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like. And and then came back and was phenomenal and lights out in the second half. Just if you said, yeah, there's some promising things, but some some unfortunate circumstances and uh, bad results in the first half. And then the second half, he was lights out. Isn't that a perfect embodiment of the season as a whole? Yeah, I, I will somewhat agree with that. I
0: don't think that those, all of those turnovers were his fault. I'm not and, saying that
2: they were. I'm just saying And I don't results. think he was
0: turnover prone throughout the – yeah, it was unfortunate. I think unfortunate's a good word.
2: And I, I don't even mean to drive it home with the turnovers, right, because he had eight interceptions on the entire season in the regular season. Right. It was just the first half, the results were not good, and it was up and down. And then the second half, we were humming, and it was yeah. lights out, and it felt like everything clicked together. The trajectory here is exciting. If you could bottle up the second half of the regular season and you asked me to put Trevor Lawrence in a bucket right now, he would no questions ask me a roster cornerstone. But his rookie season happened, and the first eight games... His rookie season with Urban Meyer? Correct. How much are we putting into that? All all I'm saying is it happened, and all I'm saying is that puts him... Behind where he could have been from a developmental curve perspective, so if he had a normal rookie season with a normal coach, then he probably would have been lights out all season long, and Jacksonville would on eleven games that we have no question about the quote unquote sample size of really good quarterback play. So
0: our debate here is what bucket to put him in, and right now you're coming into this conversation saying, hey. I'm not ready to say, so it's an incomplete evaluation, but he's either a quality starter or roster cornerstone. Correct. I think that's – there's not much I can be able to say to debate that. I think that's a reasonable process. I feel like I saw enough from Trevor Lawrence to put him in the quality starter with kind of like an arrow up towards, hey, give me some more of this and you're a roster cornerstone, no doubt
2: about it. So I also think that's a good conclusion to come to. The (laughs) – what would make people more mad seeing hey we'd like to see a bigger sample size before we definitively choose or somebody just pulling up the youtube and skimming through to see the depth chart and see that we have light blue instead of <laughs> navy blue on trevor lawrence
0: i can only care so much about that i want us to be true to our process in the way that we feel like this should land okay but i i can i can i feel you know how we we've been through this enough times this is the ninth time we've done this right I find myself being
2: willing to buy into what you're saying. And I am doing that with the acknowledgement of you are either going to, you are going to be some iteration of blue on the scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're incomplete. It's just what level of blue.
2: And I think an important note here is as, as we're grading the rosters, we've, we've talked about how not all pinks are created equal and the pinks are, if you're not watching on YouTube, the incomplete evaluations Joe as I'm putting some of these players in if there's a certain floor like if we talked about Trevor Lawrence and quarterbacks get get graded differently so it's not really relevant to him but it's like look you're either going to be light blue or navy blue when I put you into the scoring for the roster scoring I don't put you in as a zero I put you like I'll put you in for what your floor is so if Trevor Lawrence played tight end or let's say Evan Ingram was an incomplete evaluation and he's either a quality starter or roster cornerstone. He would go in the master sheet as pink, but he would get the score that you would get for a quality starter. And then if we reassess it midseason and he goes up to a roster cornerstone, his point value would go up. So I think that's an important note for when we showcase like the power rankings with how the rosters grayed out. Quarterbacks are graded differently because we have to we have to assess all of them and then we got to rank them one through thirty two and they get put in tiers they get points off tiers and that's the only position that that had to be one heck of a podcast show when we rank the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Hopefully our list comes out looking better than Chris Sims's. But
0: oh god, I haven't day. seen
2: I haven't seen that yet. Let's not do it. Let's not do it right now. We don't have time for that.
0: Uh, I'm going to go pink on Trevor Lawrence.
2: Okay, so we're going to put Trevor Lawrence as an incomplete evaluation. Uh, but the floor is a quality starter. Travis Etienne.
0: I don't know awesome where you have him.
2: Year. Where do you have him? I also have him as an incomplete evaluation.
0: Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I thought I could because I, I was thinking about Kyle and I was like, all right, what is he going to say about Etienne? And he's going to say, uh, had a good productive season, but I think there's limitations in terms of
2: vision and running between the tackles. I think, all that, I think all that's fair, but I think you knew that wasn't his wheelhouse from the jump, right? So it's not anything that caught me off guard. I put him in quality starter. I, I I think that he's a really dynamic weapon.
0: Again, not a complete back, but I think where he does win is the most meaningful ways. It's the hardest stuff to find. And for him to come along like he did, I mean, like once they moved on from James Robinson and this guy was like sometimes getting over 20 carries a game, um, they could lean on him, big explosive plays in big moments. Like I, I, I saw what I needed to see from Travis Etienne to – fulfill the player that i thought he was going to be coming out of clemson
2: and where i think he'll go moving forward i will meet you here can we at least acknowledge we hope the ball security is a little better this year yeah we have five fumbles yes yeah yeah we, we got to get better there no question on 255 touches
0: that's a lot of i mean 255 touches is maybe a little more than
2: people ever thought he would get in the season you know what i mean right well, I think that I think the targets are going to go up. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more than that. I think 220 is about the right amount of rushes. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's crazy! I live in Buffalo Bills world where the most rushes is like 180 for a. Can
2: imagine? Back. Yeah, we like got 220. <laughs> every time Mike McDaniel's been in a good offense, there's been three backs with between 125 and 150 carries on the season. So, <laughs> right? it's like, man, with <laughs> 220 carries is he gonna is he gonna be alive at the end of the right, year? Right, right. Um. And then Calvin Ridley is our last yeah. one. I come into this debate with him as an incomplete evaluation. This would be far and away the oldest incomplete evaluation that we have.
0: Okay, but can we recognize some very unique circumstances?
2: Yeah, he didn't play I, last
0: year. He <laughs> didn't play last year. What, he played like six games? Five, the year? five games. Five, five games, games in 2021. Coming out of 2020, he gets the quality starter tag without hesitation. Correct. I just have I I hadn't seen him play meaningful meaningful
2: football in a long time, and look he had he had a lot of bad drops in twenty twenty one too. That offense was kind of a mess. I would make the argument that we put him down as an adequate level starter. I'm willing to do that, but tell me just like a little bit of a sell here for me. So, if I remember correctly, in twenty twenty one. The trade rumors started before he got hurt. Yeah. Right. It was all kinds of goofy. Yeah. Right. And there was all kinds of talk about there was something going on in his personal life and he wanted to get out of Atlanta. So if that's the case and there was personal issues in 2021, whatever they were, and then he obviously gets suspended. I'm willing to recognize my guy's going to step on the field, having not played in two years, but the three years in which he stepped on the field beforehand, he averaged over a thousand yards per season and had over eight touchdowns per season across those first three seasons on average. I just think that's that's too high of a f- established floor. And the way that I would acknowledge the gap is to say, you know he's a starting caliber player, but we don't know how good of a starting caliber player he is because of the time he's missed.
0: As okay is that gonna help them if we put him in the yellow bucket does that help them
2: uh he, he, it's gonna get him more points than what we okay. would put him that, otherwise. That's fine
0: I think that's I, fine. It,
2: it, yeah so having some that's kind fine. of reflection right. of like is it, this is it's gotta this, matter right this that's he, what I'm he's an asset right at the end of the day matter. he's an asset you just don't know how quickly he's gonna assimilate yeah okay well there's your Jacksonville Jaguars. Nice conversation. Some some big guys in big spots who have a lot of upward mobility or are looking to bounce back from extended absences. And some second-year players, those are going to be the guys that determine how high this team flies in 2023, and we're excited for them. We're doing the Patriots tomorrow. Uh, Joe, I'm glad we're getting some work in for the Patriots this week because they're not getting oh, any more work in. They had their boy. OTAs taken away.
0: Oh, boy. yeah. Oh, boy. yeah so- boy. Yeah, if you're playing along with us, and that's been so cool that there are people doing it, we're doing Patriots
2: tomorrow. Do Patriots tomorrow, and then 2021 quarterback class on Monday. So plan accordingly. Come on back and see us. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are the Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes podcast. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you catch your favorite podcast. We hope to see you again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.